And welcome back to the film realcast. We are talking Oscar winner Sean Penn. What do you do if you get a mun, a mun, a man, and a gun? You get gun man. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be the shittest intro I've ever done. But there we go. It's you. Hello, mate. I'm just trying to work out your conundrum. What do you get for mum and a man? I, I really don't know. I was going to record it again. I thought, you, you know what, keep it in for you know realism purposes. Well, exactly. We're only human end of the day, and uh, we all make mistakes. So, but yes, we'll talk to find out. I know. We all make mistakes. Did Sean Penn make a mistake starting this film? Oh, we're going to talk about that for sure, I tell you. We really will. But um, yeah, so it's all good, mate. So if you're hearing this, thanks again for everyone who's downloading it. It's been another good month considering we are vanished off the face of the earth for probably around about a year. Um, it's nice that people actually have mental health problems and they want to listen to our podcast. So that's brilliant. It's very good. So, it is. but yeah, gunman, man, or it was the, was it the prone gunman, the book, something like that, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. A sniper on a mercenary assassination team killed the Minister of Mines of the Congo. Terrier, who's the main character's successful kill shot, forces him into hiding, returning to the Congo years later. He becomes the target of a hit squad himself. Sounds really, really good until you start watching the film. Well, yeah, I mean, this was a film, for a change, we decided to do a film that neither of us have seen. And sometimes that's a good idea. Sometimes it's a bad idea. So, yeah, it was just a gamble. I mean, when this film came out, I remember seeing the interviews on TV, Sean Penn, and they were saying, oh, it's the first time he's done a real action movie for a long time. And the last, uh, hopefully. They, Sorry, that's a bit of Yeah, low, and low, they low, really low. picked it up. But, I mean, he was 55 when he did this. So he was pretty good shape, 55. I mean, he hasn't aged well in the face, but I can't really comment on that. But body-wise, he's obviously either keeps himself in shape or he did work out for this role. I don't really know. What do you think? Uh, or the use of Photoshop, but no. Um, yeah. Um, I did. I did. I did thought. I did think at one point I was watching the Point Break sequel. Um, uh, for the surfing bit. But yeah, he does have. I mean, if I had a body like that, I wouldn't complain. No. Well, I've actually I saw a short film. I, I like watching any films, and so I watched a short film the other day. Um, and from you may have seen it. I'm not too sure, but from the outset. It shows a guy walking towards a door, and it sounds like you'd think you're in some kind of hostel where someone's getting rogered behind the door because you can hear his heavy breathing and things like that. And uh, someone sounds like they're in a lot of trouble and distress. And then he goes through the door, and it turns out someone's on a rowing machine. I don't know if you've seen that film, have you? <laughs> I've seen that. I've, I've seen that going around. Um, uh, <laughs> it stars a man a, out of breath on a rowing machine. On a, on a completely different note, I need to have a word with Graham. <laughs> yeah. Yes, who's yeah. the star of that short film? <laughs> it will be me. It will be me <laughs> on, a, on a on a on a rowing machine, making probably the worst sex noises and the worst sex faces. I saw that and thought. Wow, my other half must really love me. So there we go. Yeah, you must tell her you're a rich man, if not. But yeah, it just reminded me, if I didn't know where that film was being taken place, I would have thought it would have been in some kind of, because uh, they sound like a lot of pain and out of breath. But no, it's you on a own machine. But kudos to you, mate, giving it a go. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea that you'd actually watch that. 
Yeah, most people at work have actually watched that. So uh... <laughs> really, seriously, is this because? Oh, for goodness sake! I can't believe I can't I can't believe that. What? It's so very good, mate. Huh? I don't know someone in your shape who's worked hard enough to be in that kind of shape. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Thank you. I mean, after all, circle is a shape, so don't worry a about circle, it. Circle, yes, yes. That's why I tell myself <laughs> a lot. <Exactly. laughs> Anyway, <laughs> on with this film, which isn't as good. Um, yeah, so it's set um, initially in the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, where it's a kind of the same story as Blood Diamond, really, isn't it? That they're, the, they're kind of foraging, digging for diamonds and um, precious metals, which is uh, bringing the country into disrepute. And it's for the need of the Western world, as they say in the news reports. Um, and there's like civil wars and people killing each other. Uh, and there's kind of anarchy. They need kind of like a, a battle royale to sort this out, really. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, which we yeah. reviewed on our last show, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen it. We did indeed. I wish I could go back and review. I did try and find the second one, um, and I read the reviews, and I could find it, but I had to buy it. Uh, and was it, it any it was good? Five, I don't know, it's five quid, and I kind of thought... Ugh. Do I or don't I? I don't know. I've just bought The Raid 2 because I really like that film and I know it's a, a definite a 10 out of 10, so um, I went and got that instead. But Probably better. Um, probably better. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it to review it one day. Oh, definitely. But, um, yeah, so you see the characters. As you say, you've got Sean Penn playing Terrier um, and then you're, you're kind of um, welcome to um, Annie, who's uh, played by Yashmin Trinka. Uh, who's like his love interest, his girlfriend, and Javier Barden, who plays Felix, and he was silver in Skyfall, wasn't he? Is he the same guy? Yes, I think he was, yeah. He was a baddie then. And uh, also Ray Winston, who plays Stanley, who's... And he's in, he's, oh, uh, sorry, and Javier also is in the, uh, he's in the new parts of the Caribbean film, isn't he? I've only ever seen one of them, and I think they're absolute shite. I really cannot stand them. <laughs> really? Yeah, you're a fan. I love I no I love the first one and then it's kind of progressively got downhill. Oh, I just can't stand those films. They're absolute shit. Really do my head in. <laughs> Why? Just because they're crap. They're they're. You don't. When I watch a film, I like to be entertained and kind of wowed at a certain yeah. point of it and, and gripped and have some kind of suspense and stuff like that. A, a bit of a storyline. I'm not even fussed too much of a storyline, as long as it's good. But the Pirates of the Caribbean just seem to be kids' films and slapstick comedy, and I, I don't often like that. Okay, uh, it just does my head I like Johnny Depp's character; I think he's really, really good. But I just don't really get a lot of sense out of him. I don't get that enjoyment. See, I think I think you're the only person I know in real life that doesn't even like the first film. I've not met one person other than yourself, Steve, that doesn't like the first film. Well, there you go. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, there we go. So, so, so I, I think they're shite. <laughs> Who plays Felix? I was really pleased to see Ray Winstone back um, playing yeah, the same character he him. normally does. In the Sweeney, I know. I expected him to say, shut it, you slag. Well, he pretty much did everything but say that, if you know what I mean. In terms of his character, was exactly the same. Other than the fact that he had long hair. You'd almost be fooled into believing that he's a one-dimensional character who can't play any of a role. I really don't know. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, down in England, Jolly Old England, he's also a, he used to he used to do the betting advert, didn't you? 
Oh, so annoying. A cash out, or whatever. The way oh, oh. It was just shit, wasn't yeah. it? And, and he pretty much yeah. takes that character into any other film he does, doesn't he? I know, I looked at that. Cause it, was, it was just after we'd done the Sweeney and that advert kept coming on, and I just kept cringing and you know, yeah. having twitches. It's going to be Graham's favourite advert, without a doubt. It, 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 uh, yes, it is. And you also get Idris Elba in this, who plays Barnes. Oh, now let, let's talk about Idris Elba, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. He is, in my, in my opinion, for many reasons, though, yeah, uh, almost by default, but he is the most interesting character in this film for me. And it's not because I like Idris Elba. Or I, I thought all the other characters in the film were crap. They were written really bad, and I don't think they were acted really that good at, at all. And the only one I found interesting was Idris Elba, and he was in it for, what, less than 10 minutes. Why is that? Why did you find him interesting? Um, well, the, the character he plays was for Interpol. He was kind of like a, a bit mysterious. He left me wanting to know a bit more about him. And, and I wanted, I'd rather the film focus more on him than, for example, Sean Penn's character. I mean, I mean, I, and, and since we're talking about the characters, right? Not, I don't know how you felt. When I was watching it, not one of the lead characters I cared about. I didn't care about Sean Penn's character. He's, he was, yeah, he killed this bloke. Okay, and then he leaves his girlfriend, and then his friend kind of married his girlfriend, and then he, you know, uh, he marries obviously Annie, played by Jasmine, and then yeah. they, they they make love. So you know, okay, I'm screwing on my mate. Uh, I didn't really feel sorry for his, uh, his you know, his friend that uh, played by Javier uh, Nate Felix, simply because he, uh, uh, it's really it was really really creepy, and uh, I mean, and obviously you know his wife cheats. So all I'm saying is. None of the characters, I think, were displayed in a good light. They could have all died, and I would not have cared. I don't. Know it's really weird. Felt, but... No, I totally understand what you mean, because I, I don't know whether how true this was to the book, and I certainly got no intention of um, looking at the book at all. But um, how everyone else, uh, as you rightly say, you're not interested in their their characters if they have success if they're failure it's just so boring they've got no interest there's nothing exciting about the characters they don't bring anything um and obviously Idris Elba's character is really really good and I'm a, a huge fan and I think he should be the next James Bond yeah we talked but, about that haven't we we agreed yeah and um but obviously why why is his character so interesting when it's obviously written by the same person it's directed by the same person um why is his character so interesting when everyone else is boring and he plays less screen time? Is it because he's such a good actor and he just delivers lines brilliantly? Or is it because it was just a bit of mystery? But you didn't really find a lot of, about any character which you didn't end up giving a shit about. It's really strange. No, no I mean, I thought the bad guys were average. Couldn't really care about the bad I didn't dislike the bad guy that much. I was just like, oh, okay. No. I think, was it Mark, uh, Terrence Cox was the bad guy, wasn't he? Terrence Cox, yeah. yeah. Mark, um, Mark's... Rylance. Yeah, I kind of guessed he was the bad guy before it was yeah. obvious. It was, you know, I mean, well, you knew he was. It was such a trope, wasn't it? It is. It is. It is. I mean, I haven't even. There's, I can't even. I mean, even on IMDb, there's not even a plot summary. There's not a plot synopsis. Sorry. No. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, it scored five point eight on Amazon Prime. Which I was really surprised to watch it. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be something like four point two. Really was surprised because. Um, it's for the amount of stars that are in there. I mean, it had a 40 million budget and it made just in the low 20 millions in the box office. So it all around, it was not just us. It was a huge failure. Well, I mean, Sean Penn, I mean, he, uh, I've, I, I don't dislike him. 
I remember when he, I forgot what he won the Oscar for, but I remember at the time when he won the Oscar. The yeah, yeah, and uh, it was against, um, you know when Mickey Rourke was playing the wrestler? Yeah. That same year, Mickey Rourke was up for it, and I thought Mickey Rourke should have won it. He was so much better than uh, Sean Penn. Yeah. Sean Penn was, I, mean, I was just like, for goodness me. It's because it's, you know, potentially the subject of milk. I mean, I think when you've got a serious film or something like that, the Oscars always seem to love it. You know, or, oh, they or, do. or if someone has to, you know, like um, this beautiful actress has to not wear makeup for the whole film, it's given an Oscar. Um, it seems, you know, and it's it's just yeah. ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't really. Do you rate Sean Penn as an actor? Bruce, I was thinking about that um, because he comes with kind of so much, like I don't know, so much kind of prestige for some reason, doesn't he? But why? And this I, is what I mean. He does. I don't know. I really don't know. When you look through the films that he's done, I mean, it was Mystic River. He was very, very good in that. Um, and back from then, the only other film that I've watched with him in that I really, really enjoyed, and he he was kind of a supporting role, is Colours back in 1981 with Robert Duvall, when okay. he plays like this rookie cop. And that's mm. a really, really good film. Um, I'd recommend that completely. He's fantastic in that. But again, he's kind of one dimensional and he's so big. He's just, I he's got why, such though. a huge, no, he's got a massive reputation. Um, he does, but, but I get the feeling though, that he's got a big reputation, but you put Sean Penn in the lead of a film, I think in 2017, and it's not guaranteed to be a hit. People don't, I don't fruit, think now fruit. people want to go see Sean Penn. Yeah. Well, you look at this film, it's got plenty of Sean Penn, Idris Elba, and um, Ray Winston, and the film just bombed completely. And Sean Penn was obviously the lead role in it, and it just didn't do very well. So it just goes to show that just his name alone in 2015 isn't a draw enough to make a profit. No, but, but Stu, do you think, I mean, I, I, it's almost like a trope me saying this, so anyway, but do you think putting someone like a uh, 2015 Tom Cruise in this film would have made it better or not? Box office, maybe. Might have, might have made off, a difference. I think it would have been more of a draw. But do, 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 do you think a different actor in the lead of this film would have helped or not? Do you think the film was not written that well anyway? It was it was guaranteed to you know, for you to not enjoy it? Um, I really don't know. I don't think it would have still made as much money. Maybe a bit more. But um, I think on people's first viewings, it, word would have spread that it was absolute shy. I mean, when you look at the critics' reviews in this... They're absolutely shocking. I think unfairly, a lot of them say that Sean Penn's too old for a role like this. Well, I don't think he is, to be honest. I think it's the actual role um, is right for that person of that age. But I think it's not necessarily acted poorly. I think it's written and directed badly. I know because even um, I mean, even some of the action scenes they weren't they weren't bad action scenes, but the whole film it kind of left the taste of a of a like mid 2000s tv movie you know what i mean like on channel five at six o'clock when yeah. you get home from work you, you know uh, and you sit down and watch it rather than an actual blockbuster film if that makes any sense yeah you know? it was just, just if they couldn't be bothered there was a really good concept there and, and i do like the idea and the story of it um if you looked at the, just the story of what it's about it does sound quite interesting because uh, it is obviously pretty topical but it just was missing some suspense and some interest to and it's an hour and 54 minutes the film is that's so a long film to try and uh, get your imagination they could have cut a hell of a lot of this out or just change the story 
I really, it's a touch of shame. But um, I'm just watching at the moment Sean Penn run down the beach with his surfboard looking rather buff. So <laughs> I know yeah. and it, it was it was a case of um, once I got probably halfway through, I thought, OK, this is not good at all. I gave it I gave it a good, you know, 45 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, to, to try mm. and get into it, and I, and I just wasn't getting into it. It was a case, it, was, it ended up being a case of, unfortunately, the worst thing that can happen, I think, to um to a review show is you're watching it for the review show. If that makes any sense, you weren't watching yeah. it. You weren't watching it to enjoy it, which which we've done many films, which we've done, and many films we we watched, we watched again, obviously to review, and we really enjoy it. But this was a case of we both wanted to. I really, you're right. We both really wanted to do a film that neither of us had seen, just to get our opinions on it. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's got to be quite bad because we, we paid the degree that it's, that, that it's not very good and it almost it almost became a chore at the end to uh, for me to watch it well Street Fighter that's all I can say <laughs> see I could watch that again over this any day oh you're joking <laughs> Jesus you are a sick I love, sick I went man. to see that at the cinema I went to see Street Fighter at the cinema that was your fault <laughs> blimey um yeah, getting back to the film. I mean, the start of it, you see um, Sean Penn, and he's kind of he plays a security agent. He's trying to assist people building or protecting them whilst they're building an airfield. Mm-hmm. But you soon learn that that's not all they're doing, and it turns out that they they are kind of offering protection, but they're also training up um, troops in that area, selling them arms. And they're on a mission because what they want is the fear of the mining, the governor of the mines. Um, he's going to start to offer out contracts to different companies to do the mining kind of legitimately. Yeah. And obviously that will yeah. ruin the business at the, um, kind of the corporation or the company. And that's another trope when they call it the company because they've done that in so many things, especially in um, like the DC universe where they've got the company and it's just so many different like arrow. They've got that and all the corporation, they just call them a single name, don't they? And they've got that also in a uh, man of interest as well. He works for the company and I hate that. It's just tropey. It's yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, it might be once was called about 10, 20 years ago, but now it's been, it's, it's that kind of concept that's being so overused. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it does. It is a bit, I thought of being sick in a bucket, really, when would think like that. Yeah, so the, the company don't want the contracts to go out because they'll lose money. So the the idea is that they're going to take a hit out and take a contract and uh, assassinate the governor of the mining's, so it can so chaos can still resume and people can still mine. Um, and because there'll be ongoing conflicts, that they can still sell arms and still make money that way as well. And you, uh, the story. What kind of worried me, and when I knew it was absolute shite, was um, when they're all in the bar together. Obviously, you, you've got Felix, you've got Sean Penn. He walks mm. in, he goes and speaks to Annie. Uh, and at the time when he walks in, his girlfriend's talking to Felix at the time. He's getting all cozy and snuggy, and she obviously loves um, uh, Terrier a lot because she wants him to sit next to her. Then you get the daggers, and you instantly know something's going on here, and everyone knows about it. I've, I've watched it for about 10 seconds and realised that he's jealous, but Sean Penn doesn't realise it. And when you see that, it's just absolute bollocks. If he would have turned around and said, 
he keeps looking at you. I think he fancies you. He's got my eye on you. At least it'll be a bit normal then. But they've got the ongoing trope of everyone knows apart from the main character, and I know after ten seconds. You know, and, and that's I, th- I, th- I think, and, and you hit the nail on the head. That's one of many different examples why it's tough to care for an unbelievable, unrealistic character because they're trying to make the setting as realistic as possible, and and the plot is surely plausible, isn't it as well? And when you, and yeah. when you've got stuff like that, you're like oh, seriously, and and it's always you know. And when, I think when you lose respect, particularly for your main character, within fifteen twenty minutes of the film starting for something like that, you know, without giving a plausible reason, it's just pathetic. Yeah, and this is a thriller, so you're meant to be intrigued, excited, tricked at some point into thinking you're knowing what's going on, but when you start watching it, you think, oh God, please, he loves her, and funnily enough. When one person makes the assassination, the idea of it is that he leaves the country. Whoever shoots the governor leaves the country. And you know full well it's going to be Sean Penn's character. And he's so <laughs> sick that he doesn't even question, yeah, I knew you'd choose me because you want to get in Annie's knickers, don't you? He doesn't even question it. He's that much of an idiot. Yeah. And that's what makes it so weak. Because if you had your missus there and you thought some bloke was trying to fucking get in her knickers, you would, there's no way that you would let this happened and you wouldn't leave the country, especially if the geezer you think is trying to shagger is organizing it. It's so contrived that it's the start of it, which is meant to be the trigger of why it's so exciting and like triggers all the chain events. It's so crap and weak and it's a real shame, but you're left there thinking, shit, I've got another, well, this is 20 minutes into it. I've got another hour and a half of this shit. And I already know what's going to happen in this film. It's not good, is it? Mm Mm-mm. So, I mean, it's great when he makes a shot. I mean, so they all go on their missions. They're all set up. And um, until they get there, they don't know who's making the shot. So they're all in their hotel rooms. And Sean Penn's got his uh, his huge sniper rifle on this tripod. And he gets called up. And, and, and again, when he says, um, Terry, you're, you're the one making the shot. They'll be like, you'll be um, like aired away straight away. And you've got to leave the country. And he's like, yeah, okay. Then he says, can you look after Annie? And in the most creepiest sex offender voice going, Felix says, yes, I'll look after her. Don't worry. I won't let anything happen. And he goes, yeah, thanks. You think, oh, you're such a moron. You and I love really the fact that he, he apparently really loves this woman, doesn't he? Which we see. Mm. is obsessed about her because obviously years later, he can't get her out of her head. Yeah. yeah. Despite, you know, having a buff body like that. Um, uh, so he doesn't even say, no, it's not going to be me. Uh, what am I going to do about Annie? He doesn't even put a fight for it as well, which makes it even more ridiculous. It's so It's just so unrealistic. It, it, oh, it's supposed to. And what would they have done if one of his mates, who wasn't a scumbag, turned around and said, look, he really loves her. I'll make the shot instead. What if Felix would have done then? No, 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 no. no Sean Penn's got to make the shot. Well, I'll do it. <laughs> no, 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 Penn's no. <laughs> That would have really pissed on his strawberries then, wouldn't it? Because he wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> no, no. Sean Penn's got to make the shot. No, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. I'm, a fr- I'm his yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a photograph of your missus. She's a pig. <laughs> <laughs> She's a pig. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's a pig. I don't want to stay with her. I want Sean Penn to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean Penn makes the shot and obviously takes out the um, governor. And, and in taking out the governor, um, it continues the... Uh, the, the fighting and the murders and things like that. Uh, and Sean Penn just goes back to England. And he's, and I think this must be about six years after the event that he, no, it's eight years. He goes back to the Congo where he's, um, 
helping people build um, kind of water like wells and things like that, isn't he? Yeah. So after assassinating, uh, after ruining peace in a country potentially, he then tries to do something good, which I thought was okay. Whatever, I thought was stupid. Yeah, he suffered from PTSD. Um, and that, which, which, which is another trope, isn't it, Stu? Definitely, it is really, a trope. God, for your main character, because I, I, I thought at some point, okay, he's obviously a lot stronger than what we know is going to be the eventual bad guy. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to be in a position where he's going to be able to, to kill him, whatever. And this PTSD is going to suddenly come back at that worst moment. You know? Yeah, and they've done it so much. They did it in Firefox with Clint Eastwood. They did it with Rambo. They've done it in Top Gun. There's so many PTSD movie tropes where people have flashbacks and they just can't control it. It's just, and it wasn't even done very well. It was just, you didn't have any sympathy whatsoever. No, no, it, so, it wasn't good at all. But um, yeah, so he returns, um, and whilst he's in the Congo building the water wells, um, three guys try to assassinate him. Um, which is quite a good action scene because he ends up uh, taking two of them out and his kind of guide or his mentor ends up shooting one. But I had issues with this, with the fact that obviously this is currently going on in the Congo where people are being attacked and things. What made him think to search the person and find two empty vials in his pocket? Why did he think it was a personal assassination on him rather than just people trying to take over the water well and steal the machinery? Stu, I don't know. No, that was never explained, was no. it? <laughs> so, I know, I, so, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, you've got unrealistic. You've got. I mean, the, the background to this film is it's, it's quite realistic. It could potentially happen, yeah. But then you have these really unrealistic main characters, um, followed by ridiculous plot holes that aren't explained even once the film ends. Yeah. Sorry, exactly. It's just, it's just, um, it's, it, I'm, I'm, I don't want to crap all over a film just for the sake of crapping over a film. But even discussing it with you now, I'm, I'm liking the film even less funny enough because you, you, you've pointed things to me that I potentially didn't realise. And it's really, really hard to put an argument of why you would want to watch this film again, let alone, you know, the first time, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. It's, um, it's quite shocking. So from there, he goes back to London, um, where he wants to meet up with, uh, first of all, uh, actually, he meets Terence Cox, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, and Cox is now more of a businessman, but he's working for um, the company, um, but he doesn't know that. Everyone else knows it. And when he goes to meet him, he's walking through London with like an army jacket and sunglasses on, blending in with the crowd completely, not looking suspicious. And he's got agents following him. And you've got the guy watching CCTV looking at him walk through London. And it's just absolutely, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yes. It, it really is. So he meets Cox um, and he finds out that everyone else who was involved on the hit is now dead. They've been killed apart from Sean Penn. So, and that kind of sets alarm bells ringing. Thank God he's got some kind of common sense. Then from there, he goes to a pub. And then he meets Ray Winston in the pub. Um, and what kind of relationship has Ray Winston got? I know they go back, but they're meant to be army buddies or something, can't they? Yeah, yeah, they're meant to be army buddies. It's not really elaborated on too much. And at this point, I don't think the audience really cares. Um, 
Uh, uh, the only thing I took away from that scene was the fact that they started a bar fight with these couple of idiots, which I thought was quite funny. But yeah. instantly, the minute we say Ray Winstone, I thought, okay, let's see what he does. Oh, as we already mentioned, he's acting exactly the same as he normally does with his one one dimensional character. I thought the fact that he had, he had long hair, you know, I thought, okay, I, 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 I at least want a bad Jamaican accent, maybe or something. You know, I, I don't know anything, anything. Give me anything, Ray. But unfortunately, Ray Winston with a Jamaican accent. <laughs> well, I just wanted anything, you know, other than Ray Winstone, and we got. Ray Winstone with long hair. And don't get me wrong, the type of character he plays is very good if you're doing a gangster film or something like that, you know, or, um, you, you know, like something, like something out of Snatch or Lockstock. I, I mean, perfect, isn't it? But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is so, what he is, he is so one dimensional and he adds nothing to this film and it could have been just any random extra called Charlie or whatever, uh, uh, for, for, for this role. And yeah, we know they go way, way, way back. And we know they're really, really good friends because of what happens, you know, to at, almost at the climax, at the climax of the film. And obviously, yeah, I mean, what, yeah, one thing later, I, I, yeah. I did get completely wrong and I thought that it, it may have turned quite well, that after the fight, they have in the pub, um, they both do a runner and, uh, Terrier, Sean Penn, he collapses in the street. And then he wakes up. And initially, I thought that Sean Penn had drugged him. And he's going to wake up somewhere and they're going to kind of try and torture him. He's going to get away. But no, it wasn't anything as exciting as that. It was the fact that because of the trauma he suffered uh, and his PTSD, it's because he's kind of not like a brain aneurysm, but any stress um, that he's involved in um, that could cause him to basically die, couldn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, which which is another trope, really. Um, yeah, you know, for your for your flawed hero that no one really cares about in in in, in this case, but yeah, it is. Um, you, you know, and I th- and I thought it was. Uh, it, I'm sure it's in the book as well, as he, as he says to you. Neither of us are probably going to read it, but it, obviously, it's his thing that if you do care about your main character, this is something that something there that you think oh no you know he, he's vulnerable and stuff but as i said these the characters are so badly written this guy's got such a lack of common sense that you don't care about him and and it doesn't add anything to it and, and you end up just rolling your you're rolling your eyes more than anything else when yeah. you find this bit of information out yeah exactly and it's um it's just shockingly bad it, it really is because again it's the the trope of something that he's got to do and adversary that he's got to face is the thing that could actually end his mission. Yes. So when they say, do you get mood swings and things like that, that you, these are all things that he's going to have to like adversity that he's got to face around it. And they say that it's, um, plaque buildup and, uh, toxins in his brain that if, and if you get any involved in any stress, such as fighting or, any explosions or anything like that, it could cause, um, I can't even remember what it's going to cause now. It were like dementia kind of thing. So, uh, I say, if you want to live a long life, don't get involved in a, uh, revenge mission against someone you used to work with. (laughs) (laughs) I think I remember the doctor saying those exact words. Um, (laughs) you're not thinking of going to Barcelona, are you? And getting involved in a revenge mission? No. Oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm fine. Don't worry about that. And he doesn't want any treatment and he'll be fine. Again, it, it's a massive trope that's been done so much that you can't really forgive it in this film. No, and, and if it was like a really cheap thing to put in, 
to, to, to the story to, as I said, to try and make us care or to try and add some tension. And it, it just doesn't really at this point. No. So from this, he ignores any advice from anyone else because he knows best. And he goes to Barcelona because um, he wants to meet Felix. Um, so, and Ray Winston sets him up with a few places uh, the safe houses because he obviously being a, a geezer he knows a lot of people and he can set them up so he goes to Barcelona because he wants to go and meet Phoenix and he meets Felix and the, you don't even really get a lot from that conversation that he has with Felix do you? No I mean um, it's I mean, he felt, I mean the be... first time Felix sees him he's, he's uh, doing, a, doing he's at like a conference isn't he? basically yeah. and then he he's basically heckles him <laughs> And then Phoenix like, yeah. oh, look, I, I know you. And the end. But other than that, you don't really get much from it, other than the fact that Felix is surprised to see him. Yeah, I, I, and Felix is um, talking about uh, kind of trying to bring balance to the force, like the Congo, and things like that, and trying to make it a better place, and bringing resources um, and different kind of services and things like that, that that can make it better and stop the fighting. But and again, you know he's a bad guy because he always plays a bad guy in any film and he's dressed in black as well. And he gives him, at that company, he gives him the most evil, or the conference, the most evil stare yep. beyond belief. And Sean Penn doesn't hide anything by doing it straight back. So you don't get any tension there whatsoever, do you? You instantly know he's the baddie and he's not going to do anything about it. No, no, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's really because I, I think I, th- I think Javier's not um, guy that plays Felix. I think he's not a bad actor. The stuff it was good in James Bond. A lot of the stuff he's been in, it's been you know quite good, quite solid. When you when you well, that's down to that's got to be down to the writing then, surely, because there are people in here who are good actors who have been in very good films, but when they're in this film, they just don't seem to be. Any good whatsoever. Because he he was or he was he was he's probably for me one of the better Bond villains, you know. Yeah, um, and, and he really helped make Skyfall a really good Bond film. So now, so you're right. I can only assume it must be the directing, uh, and and it must be it must be the overall you know script and story that yeah because because not as we know Sean Penn uh, and as you meant, I, I don't know why he's a big reason, but he didn't win. An, I mean, he didn't win an Oscar for nothing, whether you agree with it or not. I don't, mm. uh, but he can't well, be no. being nominated itself. Can't 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 be that bad. And it's yeah, it's it, 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 what you said earlier at the beginning of the film uh, uh, review. Sue, it, it's basically I it feel like nobody cares and they're just catching, they're just phoning it in, and it, and it, it yeah. you do really really feel that throughout the whole. Film. Yeah, because Felix thinks that he's um, Sean Penn's there because he wants to get back with his missus, and he says that we're a happy family and. You can go and meet up with her, and she'll shoot you down because she's with me, and you don't stand any chance. And Sean Penn is saying that you were part of this operation. How come no one's tried to take you out? You know a lot more on what's going on, and that he's been kind of double crossed. But you don't really get that conversation. The conversation they have could have been so important. When you think some of the big meetings between goodies and baddies, like the Batman and the Joker, and things like that they're kind of huge confrontations and there could be a lot of tension there like like in previous films but in this one there's no tension it just ends up with him offering out to dinner so he can go and meet annie and that's what they do and this part annoyed me as well because 
when he goes to meet Annie, that he's just got a trousers and a white shirt on, and he walks past someone's table and picks up their dinner jacket. What and in all of these films, in every film, when people escape from prison, when people try and break out of an army compound or in one and they nick someone's uniform, it always fits them perfectly. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's so it's such a trope. It is so annoying. I would love someone to put a jacket on and it'd be too big for them and they turn up to dinner wearing a jacket that just looks stupidly big. It, it will be so nice or something small. Well, you never know. Hot Shorts Part 3. That, that, that scene could happen oh. to you. God, because they nick one that matches their trousers, it fits them perfectly, and it's just absolute bollocks. So he meets Annie, and Annie's obviously very attracted to him still. That's quite evident from the the eye contact made. Um, it, is, it is, but, but, but we can't we can't not be we can't fail to mention the stalking before meeting her. No, that he does stalk creepy. her. Yeah, he does stalk her quite a lot. And there was and, uh, no, but there's no reason in the plot of the film for him to stalk her. At this point, she really—I don't think she was in any danger or anything like that. He was just being a perv, I think. Yeah, and you instantly—the only kind of thing you, you can read is the fact that when she meets um, Sean Penn at the dinner table, and just the look on uh, Felix's face that he knows that she still loves him and he still loves her, and that he's got no chance. And but we knew that from the very start. So again, there wasn't really any tension there. This is something that could have been done by a conversation over the phone. It didn't have to have a, uh, <laughs> you know, a conversation over the phone. Yes, it could have been, couldn't it? We all know what's going to happen. So again, there's no tension there, and it's it's not something that's come as a surprise where you think, "Shit, I thought she didn't love him anymore," but she really, really does. <laughs> so, so the next scene is uh, is really, really hard work. This film, when I watched it, I can't believe I watched it twice. But Sean Penn goes to Felix's house. He does um, because he wants to find out more information and he wants to get some files as well. And Sean Penn, uh, kind of, he's saying that he's got such a bad memory that he videos everything and he records everything and writes everything down. Um, so he's got notes of every operation who is involved, uh, which turns out um, going from notes to be information that you can use against like the company isn't it yeah so that's why he's a threat basically he, no no he, he he is um and obviously obviously at this point um uh, sean penn's character and and, and Annie, they've already had sex haven't they um at least once because she knocks on yeah. the door they've got it on and obviously he goes to um it, it looks like he's um unless i'm skipping something it's javier's the character uh, is it's his holiday home. It seems like almost is that rather than his house. But it's whatever. It's in a really nice, lush environment, isn't it? It is. And what, just getting on to when they actually did get it on. What do you think? I mean, you're a man of the world. You've had many, many women in your life. I know you have. It's <laughs> about it. But when you see these lovemaking scenes, um, and they're kind of tropes that have been in TV series and a lot of films. When two people meet each other and there is tension and they virtually eat each other's faces, I hate that. I really hate that. What, why? Just, well, why, why? Why do you hate that, Stu? I mean, it's never happened to me, surprise, surprise. But I've never felt the need to eat someone's face trying to kiss them and virtually assault them because I, I need them so much. You know, it just, I find it just horrible to watch. And when you get that, you also get horror. And I hate eating noises, as you know. 
You also get, and it's just awful. It really is so over the top. I know these people love each other. I don't need to see him turn into a bloody zombie and try to eat her face off. It's just, I don't like all that. I really don't. I just find it. Yeah, I know. I know you're right. I mean, I think in the, in the way of Game of Thrones or things like that, other things that have done it a lot better, I always prefer, unless unless you, almost like, unless you're going to show a lot. This is what I thought. It's it's almost like, it almost feels like don't bother. Have them like kiss each other passionately and then fade to black. And then the next scene, they uh, they wake up in bed. You don't need to show everything. We know what's happened. We're not stupid. Yeah. And carry on with the film. That's all, that's, yeah. that's all that was needed. Exactly, exactly. Because if they're kissing that passionately and that hardcore, what's the lovemaking going to be like, you know? <laughs> I want it to be realistic, you know. You know, you know <laughs> they're, they're, they're a bit drunk. He gets a condom on and he's like, oh, no, it's been too long now. It's floppy. You've got to make it hard again. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then, and then, and then, and then it's dark. And then he goes right, and she goes, "No, that's the wrong hole. That's the wrong hole." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> <sorry>. um, <laughs> we were definitely what's wrong with it. a nice cuddle and missionary position for three minutes. You know, a nice cuddle <laughs> and missionary position for for, for, for a few with seconds with the lights off. With, with, with and then yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then, and, and, and then, and then, and then he rolls over and goes, "Oh no, oh, I'm, I'm on, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a wet spot." Oh, and he has to get up. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> the, the, the realistic lovemaking scene for 2017, ladies and gentlemen. Um, um, this, uh, from James. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But there we go. But yeah, so at the holiday home, they do get attacked, um, and through the attack, uh, Felix gets shot. He is killed, and Sean Penn takes out three of the bad guys, well, you say uh, which is quite killed. an action scene. It's, he almost commits suicide rather than gets killed. Because he realises yeah. that his wife loves, obviously, Sean Penn's character, and it's all over for him because of that. Um, and so he just stands up, knowing, pretty much knowing that, you know, they say get down. I think he, I think surely his, his character knows he's dead by doing that. Yeah. He just doesn't care, yeah. As you say, there's nothing to live for. But the action around the house is quite good. I quite enjoyed this scene. Uh, I mean, in terms of set pieces, I think this was infinitely better than anything that happened at the end of the film. Yeah, without a doubt. Definitely, definitely. So it, there's a shootout, um, and all of the bad guys do get taken out, and they escape. And that's when, um, after they've escaped, he says to Annie, um, for those who don't understand the story or have fallen asleep during this film and woken up at this part, uh, he actually explains the whole plot of this film to Annie, that he was taken out. He wasn't initially... Um, of security that he was part of a covert team to assassinate the, the mine mining government so the country wouldn't be under control and the west could still profit from diamonds and that he's not as as good as he's meant to be and that that's why he left because he was ordered to leave by felix so uh, they, she so she knows that he's a bit of a bad guy but she still loves him obviously um and i needed reminding of what was going on because my interest wanes so much through this film with checking Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but I just needed reminding of what I was watching. <laughs> it wasn't, and it wasn't very good, was it? No, it wasn't very good. At that point, it would have been nice if Sean Penn would have turned around and uh, kind of broke the fourth wall and actually spoke to the camera and said, "Stick with it, folks. We are nearly through this film, and uh, I do appreciate you watching." I- I'd have given it an extra point for that. It would have been really, really good if he would have done that. Would have been so funny if films do that halfway through. They just apologise for being so shit. 
I'm getting a wage out of this. I, I, I need the money. And this film is toilet. <laughs> it will be refreshing. Doing that. Yeah. But I think it would be great if actors did that. Especially in the quite a, uh, like a thriller like, or supposed thriller like this. If they just break the 4 4 every now and then and just raised an eyebrow and went, Really? Seriously, I'm going to do this. Fair enough. That, that, <laughs> I mean, I, I'd, I'd really, really enjoy that. It would be good. Um, so from uh, this scene, again, there's more action where Sean Penn goes back to his hideout and the other people have discovered his camp and uh, they <laughs> enter his hole um, and they plant a, uh, a claymore mine behind his front door. But, oh, no, he's a clever man. He realizes that the claymore is there and that he's being watched. So he disarms it, goes back through the front door. Um, then arms it before the two villains get there, and he blows them up. But he's still up, right he? near the blast. I know when, he, when I know. he did that, I was like, "How is he not going to not be affected by it though?" Because he's still really close. I didn't yeah, get whilst that. they were picking the lock, yeah. he was still tying the wire around the door. I'm thinking, and then literally yeah. seconds, it blew up. Yeah, I, I know exactly the same. When I watched it again this morning, uh, I didn't notice that on the first viewing of how ludicrous it was. But yeah, he's actually inside. When it blows up, then the next thing you know, he's knocking on the car door, escaping. With it's his just girlfriend, nonsense. with his new, with his new married but not to him girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, the woman who kind of betrayed him, and you find out. I don't know how this is, how, how much um, this holds to the truth, but apparently Felix says that when he left the country after the mining governor was shot that the country went right down the shithole and uh, the, the camp was attacked. And he kind of makes out that she was raped, doesn't it? it yeah, it's almost implied, isn't it? That, and if it wasn't yeah. for him, and then she basically said, you know, that's the reason why she stayed with him. She felt some kind of loyalty for him. Um, uh, I don't know too many women that would have done that. Fair play to her, I guess. But... No, she said that, it was like hell and there was only one way out and this was him and she's been repaying the debt to him ever since. And that, uh, that's, you still don't feel sorry for her, do you? No. She makes out that she has such a bad life and that possibly in her big house with a nice, yeah, in a big house. Yeah. With loads of money. And um, when you see her uh, before you discover her really poor life, that she seems really happy and there are no problems. Mm. And then she makes out this tale of woe. That, um, that that she was attacked and life's really, really bad. Uh, and it's just, because you don't like the character, you've just got no no interest in in that whatsoever. You've got no sympathy for her whatsoever. So, so do you know what my, my dog's trying to do at the moment? My, <laughs> Molly's trying to eat a, uh, a bumblebee. Oh, shit, she's, she's going to get stung in a minute. She's trying to eat a bumblebee that's on the... Uh, that's on the blinds. She's that intelligent. So, oh, so yeah. And I don't really fancy a uh, ridiculously large vet's bill. No, I, 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 I can, I can understand that. I, I can only see if she watched the film with you and, uh, she's lost the will to live potentially. Well, getting the bumblebee in a pint glass. She was more exciting than watching that film. Oh, well, there we go. There you go. It's free. Born oh. free. So, um, yeah. So, she, uh, you find out that possibly she, she was sexually assaulted or whatever. I don't know, but because you don't really like the character and you've, you've invested <laughs> no interest or time in her, you don't really care. And they go to Barcelona, 
And it's weird because, again, the bullfighting in Barcelona, that hasn't happened for a number of years because obviously it is barbaric and outdated. Yeah. Uh, it isn't any kind of form of entertainment whatsoever until the person who's uh, teasing and antagonising the ball gets attacked. Which is fun. I've seen many a video when that's happened. Have there you? Was a, yes. That, uh, that always amuses me. I like that. Um, yeah. And, and how and was that? Put him. You know? How was that ever entertainment? It's not, is it? It's not. I mean, I, I never knew that uh, up until, you know, in my teenage years, up, up until later on, uh, uh, that they actually killed the ball. I just thought they were dodging the ball and the ball goes back in his cage. I, I, I genuinely thought that uh, uh, up until about 10 years ago or whatever. That's how naive I was. Did you think the ball went to like a theme park with other balls? <laughs> yeah, basically. No, yeah. no, I just thought they got the ball out and it's like, oh, I've dodged the ball now. Yay, very enough. And that was it. I didn't actually know they killed the ball. Oh, didn't you? No, not no, 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 no. When I was a teenager, I, I thought that was it, which I thought was not very nice, but I didn't think it was as cruel as everyone made out. And then, obviously, I learned that they actually killed the woman, and I was shocked and mortified. It's quite traumatic for you to deal with. Yeah, just like this film. But yeah, it was it was quite traumatic for me. Um, but it's like when you've got like a, an animal and it dies, and you're young, and you're and your mum tells you that don't worry, it's gone to like a farm with other animals, and it's got loads of things to do and can play there, and you're really happy about it. Yes. Someone should have told you that's where the ball went. Uh, I, I think I might have been okay. <laughs> the Disneyland of balls. The Disneyland. But yeah, but and talking about the balls, um, they they there's a couple of shots when he, he was getting shot at and stuff that they tried for him to resemble the ball. You know, uh, compared, I thought some of the shots they were doing, um, which I thought right. was kind of clever, was... but I didn't really care at that point. I thought what you try, I can see what you're trying to do, but no, that's you know what I thought about that. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but um, you kind of lost that much interest in it by now. You, you <laughs> I, I really kept care. pressing. I was watching it on my iPad. I kept pressing uh, with the earphones, and I kept pressing. Love to say, you know, the, the iPad to see how long left, and I was like, oh my god. Um, at yeah, one point, there was how like, much they can fit in, don't you? Yeah, at one point there was like one hour thirty minutes left, and I thought, oh no, that's not good. So <laughs> I know I thought that when I started watching it, I thought, Jesus, that's almost a proper film. Yeah. That's less. Than this. I'm watching a film as it is. How can it be? It was over two hours long, wasn't it? This film. Uh, I'm not too sure if it was over two hours or just got on two hours. It was okay. roundabouts. Yeah. I think oh. it was one hour fifty four minutes. I think. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It felt a lot longer than that. Yeah, yeah. one hour fifty four minutes or fifty five. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so he he meets um, Idris Elba. And he has a conversation with Idris Elba, and it's more kind of in riddles, isn't it? Yes. And Idris Elba knows that something's happening, and he knows the reason why he's in that country and who he's going to meet. But he's trying to kind of, uh, not warn him, but advise him that if you kind of cooperate, we know something's going on, we know you know something, and we could kind of work together to resolve it. But at that time, Sean Penn is just intent on getting his revenge, isn't he? He, he doesn't really care. And obviously, we know at some point, Idris Elba will come into it, probably towards the end, I thought. Yeah, yeah. And you hope he's going to come into it for a bigger speaking part than any other person in this film. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that doesn't happen. So when, no, sadly. But he goes to, which is like a, he, he arranges to meet um, Cox at this kind of theme park, um, aquatics place. Um, and when he does that, 
you know something's going to go on. And I was hoping that this may be a climax of the film. And again, this was when I, again, checked the time to see how much longer was left. But he, uh, he meets this, I quite like the one where he meets the lady who pretends she's all normal and like a real mum looking for a kid and everything like that. And she tries to kill him or drug him with a syringe and he ends up knocking her out. <laughs> and I thought it that was, was really funny. It was her reaction. It was her reaction to being knocked out, like stumbling along yeah. for a bit, there, and then and then fainting, yeah. which I thought, which I thought was quite interesting. But yeah, that yeah. was a. And obviously, we don't condone women being hit. <laughs> no, but no, but it I, was just so random that <laughs> it, I didn't it expect it, and she seemed like a nice mum. In fact, you know, punching her in the face and knocking her out. I was like, oh my god, it was just good. <laughs> yeah, it was, but I don't know why they decided to put that in. It just didn't make any it, that that whole thing didn't really make any sense. It didn't add to the plot, really, did it? I mean, it's a talking, it's a talking point almost for the wrong reason. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why. Oh, oh, we're going to film this little little scene for no reason. A character we don't even know hasn't been introduced. They haven't really introduced her saying, "I'm going to try and trick him." No, no, let's just have this as he's going in. Yeah, yeah pointless. Yeah, you can imagine her coming home. I've got a role in a film starring Sean Penn and Idris Elba. Oh, what'd you do? I get knocked out by Sean Penn. <laughs> after, yeah, 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 after asking him to help look for my child. Um, yeah, my screen time's 30 seconds and he punches me in the face. Brilliant. Yes. But it was very funny and, um, and then, I like that. He meets the, he meets, yeah, yeah, and he meets the big bad guy and they have a little fight. And then just as Sean Penn's character is going to win, he has his... Uh, um, P- PTSD moment, uh, as predicted. He does, but you also, before he does have that moment, the baddie tells him everything that's going to happen oh, yeah, and has sorry, it beforehand. I completely forgot that. Oh, God. In these films, why don't they ever just kill them? Why do they have to tell them the whole plot of what's going to happen and then they escape? It's just they've kind of taken bits from different films and or tropes from different films and just added it to this one. And it's just shockingly bad. There was no tension there whatsoever. Was there? <laughs> no, no, no. And they have a average gunfight. Oh, it's not great. Is it? I mean, uh, yeah. no. and, uh, and obviously Sean Penn's character then ends up, he escapes after being somewhat injured. Having a, and then he just uh, falls asleep between two skips. Yeah, and he tries to send, I think it's Ray Winston, he tries to send him a message to get out. And Tropoli just doesn't make it, does he? No, he just doesn't press that send button. He can take his jacket off, he's fine to do that, but he can't press send on a mobile phone. Because taking the jacket off was more important than sending the message. Oh, I mean, he might faint at any time. Um, Yeah. To be fair, though, I don't know what phone it is. A good advert for the phone, because despite obviously him appearing to leave it on all that time, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it's got a standby mode. It clearly had plenty of battery later on when he woke up and phoned them. Yeah. Or was it a good phone? Because no one nicked it. It was one of those old Nokia 3510 brick phones, wasn't it? That's true. Well, everyone wants them now because they last forever. Well, they do. You can drop them in water and they'll still work. But uh, you can leave them by a dumpster and no one will nick them. So, <laughs> no, as you no. say, they've got the backlight standby time, which must be about 10 hours. So, yes, pretty absolutely. impressive. So, he doesn't send the message. Um and you find out that due to him being a bit of a numpty, that they find out, they discover Ray Winston's camp, don't they? Yeah. Mm. And it, did you, were you bothered he dies? Were you surprised or, or um, anything? I was like, oh, he died. And that was it. It was like a footnote, unfortunately. I mean, he was nice. And this is, this is you know, one of the few things we find out about Ray Winston's character. He's obviously a very loyal friend because he hadn't spoke at all. 
and that, you yeah. know, the bad guy, you know, despite clearly having quite a lot of punishment, let's say, but then he just gets shot and, and that's it. And then, and then you hear the woman scream and then he says, oh, I've got all the stuff. Uh, you're going to be in big trouble when I, once I send it to Facebook or whatever. And, um, yeah. and then they, uh, and then he agrees to meet you in a, in a public place, the ball ring. And they, yeah. they kind of agree to meet. And then we have obviously the climax of the film. Thank God. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's Molly down again. She wants to be on the podcast. Um, yeah, so they meet in a, a public place, as you say, the ball ring. Um, and they've shown the ball ring numerous times um, from aerial shots in the city. It's all being lit up. So you knew at some point this had to come into play. And so it did. And she's drugged up, sitting next to him in the crowd. Um, and he's got his agents waiting for when Sean Penn does arrive to take him out. Yeah. Uh, you know for a fact they are just incompetent idiots who, again, like most well, this other is people... I mean, you've got that same... It's the same hitman all the time, isn't it? Mm. Um, who just constantly fails. I mean, surely he, he should either, either be dead or sacked at this point. Yeah, they're just shockingly bad. And Sean Penn takes them all out, um, like he does, battling through his PTSD, which is, uh, again, kicking in, uh, which doesn't add any tension you know what's going to happen. You know that he's not going to faint and he's going to carry on with his mission regardless. And it's just such a fucking trope that's been in so many films. But for some films, they've been in with tension where you're actually buying into the fact that he might not get out of it. But in this film, you just know he's going to go through it because he's done it time and time and time again. And part of you thinks that I really don't care if he does die and I don't care if his girlfriend dies and his corporation carry on. It doesn't make a difference. No, you're right. Exactly, I'm rent over. <laughs> For now. Yeah, yeah, just take a deep breath, just draw back. But um, So he he ends up having a, a bit of a showdown where these the Annie escapes, um, and it's really Annie that kills um, Felix, isn't it? Just through a series of um, kind of unplanned events. That she's down this long, narrow corridor, and because uh, she opens one of the gates, she undoes this rope, which releases the ball. And he's trying to pull her up. And Sean Penn's laying on this kind of um, this balcony just above. And he can see uh, the alleyway. And he can see when he's, um, Felix is walking down, he can see the feet. Yeah. And because he says, use that rope. So she pulls the rope again, stands on a door, which opens a door so the ball can come through. Um, he shoots Felix. And then this fucking huge ball just charges down and it impales Felix on one of his horns. So he gets killed by accident, not by any, not by any good plot or any plan or any uh, brave heroics or, or awesome skill, awesome shooting. He gets no. shot by accident. Yeah. He, he gets, gets killed, killed by accident, by. essentially. Right, okay. Yeah. The ball is the star of the film. So the ball takes him out and after that, he gets arrested um, for crimes on fucking the film industry. And um, she gets, uh, basically, she's done fuck all wrong. So she she's fine. And she meets Idris Elba. And Idris Elba says, well, you are going to go out of prison. You are going to do time. But because you've given us this information on the company, then uh, it won't be much time and you'll be free to go back to the same place where you assassinated the uh, mining governor. Which, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and then he does go back to the same place uh, after, obviously, spending time. And his girlfriend's there. And they hug I don't know if she's got a, if she's divorced at this point or whatever. And I don't think she cares, to be honest. No, pull out the audience at this point. But yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then the film ends. And then the film ends. 
I know, I know. All I needed was like the the Anne Rhymes um, Con Air music, just playing at the end, just to trope it all out finally, you know, or wearing like an opportunity gentleman uniform, and he picks her up. So they've taken enough from other films. I may as well just finish it off, to be honest. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that is uh, The Gunman starring Sean Penn. So, yeah, it's <laughs> I'm going to take a chance and first of all say, would you recommend this to anyone? Uh, no. No, no, don't. I, I, I think if you if you are a hardcore Sean Penn fan, okay, fair enough, yeah. Or you really, really fancy the lead actress in this, maybe. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm but really struggling for reasons. Yeah. No, I'm really struggling for reasons, to be honest. No, I wouldn't. So, what was your best bits and worst bits? I'm always interested. <laughs> I think I think one of the few actual good things I think you um brought up uh, earlier on was. The fight scene at obviously his mate's house. Yeah, the shoot scene. I thought there was quite that was I don't want to say tense, but there were some good moments there. That was the uh, that was the only highlight in this film for me. Everything else was worse. I mean, the story and the and the characters you didn't care about. I'd probably say are, are the worst bits of the film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm giving it. It's getting it's getting a one for me. Oh, a one. A one. Blimey. Well, any film, I mean, yeah, I finished watching it, and if it wasn't for the podcast, I would regret watching it. So I can't really give it high at all. That's true, that's true. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, again, only people that I don't like, and I'd sell it as a really, really good Sean Penn film, one of his best. Um, I think the, the worst bits was the whole storyline and what the film was based on. I thought um, that didn't actually match the the writing of the film. Um, I don't know how much was deleted. I've not even checked to see if there's a uh, like an uncut edition, but I'd hate to think that there wasn't, or there is, to be honest. Um, bearing in mind that it's nearly just short of two hours, that how could anyone watch more than two hours of this film? I just don't know. Um, my favourite part, which was quite funny, was the uh, woman getting punched and knocked out because that was nothing <laughs> to so do with random. the film. Yeah, it was just really, really random. The fact that she just popped up for no reason, tried to assassinate him, ended up getting knocked out. It was just, it was just funny. It was as if it was a bit of a wake up. Like this film can be good, but um, that was my best part. I'd give it a one again, like you, mate. If it wasn't for the um, the podcast and the fact that I watched it twice, um, it's four hours. I'll never get back. No. So, but as we say, we watch these films so a lot of other people don't have to. So <laughs> that should, sometimes that should be our say we watch it so you don't have to. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very, very true. But yeah, so it's quite disappointing. But on a good note, I have now seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I haven't, I, regrettably, I haven't seen it yet. Um, oh my God, you must be one of the only people on planet Earth. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But uh, I don't know if he listens to this. I think it's Simon, our, our, our colleague Simon, he, say, he says it, it's crap. I don't know whether we've seen it or not. He hated the first one. I was slagging it off. Oh, you're talking Welsh Simon? Welsh Simon, yes. Simon didn't like it? I don't know whether he's seen it. He was telling me it was really, really crap. Now, whether it's to rhyme me up or not, he, he, he genuinely saw the first one and really disliked it. And, it, and, he, and, and he was saying to me about the dancing scene, slagging it off, going, how are you going to save the world for a dancing scene? Start to dance in front of me and try and humiliate me. Well, Simon, if you do listen to this, and I think you do, when I see you next, we do need to have definite words because uh, you don't know what you're talking about. No, you really he's, don't. He's wrong. It's, he's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. 
He's built like a brick shit house, but he's wrong. Yes, yeah, he does. He's very know, he, he does have the body of a men's health cover model. That's what I'm saying. He does, but he's wrong though. Yeah, that doesn't make him right. That's, no, <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to see it. But I mean, as usual, we've got no prep whatsoever, and the last few films have been uh, my choice to see. This one was a bad choice, but again, it's a film neither of us have seen before, uh, which is good to do. So, it is, it is, it is. responsibility lays with you. Well, I was going to give you a choice, G, of two films. Go for it. Yeah. One, Edge of Tomorrow, because I've literally just seen that on Amazon. And the second film, Gran Torino. I'll let you decide which one. One's on Edge Amazon. You can get the other one off Amazon for like £2 like to rent or whatever. What's What's Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow is Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's about... Um, it's basically the uh, aliens come down to Earth and Groundhog Day put together. Oh, it's not the Emily Blunt one? Yes. Or, okay. Or, yeah. Gran, or Gran Torino. They're two completely different films. That stars Clint Eastwood. They really are random films, aren't they? Blimey. They what made you think films. about them? Pardon? What made you think about them? I thought... Um, I've seen I've seen both of them before. And I thought, well, I wouldn't really mind watching them again to do on the, to do on the show. And, and, and at the moment... I mean, I was also thinking... Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, but then I completely forgot that you hated it so much because the new Pirates film was out. So I was like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't have you slag it off. I'll get too upset. So we can't. So, so that's that's definitely a no. Um, sure, if, I don't mind doing the no. first one. No, it's all right. I'll I'll, let, I'll I'll leave that up to you. Or we can put it out on Twitter. Uh, put those three out on Twitter. Yeah, Pirates, yeah. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Gran Torino, and see 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 which one gets more interest. I guess. Um, okay. You know, you know, for the next uh, what until the weekend maybe, and then uh, whatever yeah. one after after Sunday is, we'll we'll, we'll do out of those three. So, so then it's that out of our hands. Good. Yeah, it sounds good. That sounds very good. Yeah, and they're it three. Sounds... Com- well, they're three completely different films, aren't they? One's a sci-fi, one's like an actual fantasy, and one's a, a Grand Torino. I don't I can't really explain that one. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen Grand Torino. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very good film. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It's a uh, quite a moody film. It is, but, isn't um, it? yeah. It's one of Clint Eastwood's best films. Yeah, there's two good films there and one shit one. So it'd be really interesting <laughs> to see. <laughs> it, it will be interesting. To, it will be you interesting. You can choose to see. which one's shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always good to do a film with mixed views, isn't it? Of yeah. why you find uh, something so good it is, and I it find is. it appalling. The thing is, though, I'd probably say seven to, about 70% of the time, you and I normally have the same idea on a film. Yeah. Yeah. 70% of the time. Um, I knew you'd say that's seven out of ten films. Obviously, occasionally we uh, we, we we disagree, uh, but most yeah, of the... Street Fighter. Oh, that's awesome! It's, it's such an awesome film. I was going to give that a two, by the way, out of five. Oh yeah, you can give it a two out of ten, my friend, not a two out of five. Raw <laughs> Julia is the best thing about that film. Oh, the ending's the best thing about that film. The credits—it's amazing, absolutely amazing credits. I'm really good. <laughs> So, so, but there's so many other films where we, we I mean, I, I, on the, on, on, yeah, there's, there's so much. We haven't even done, I don't think we've ever done the first Kickass either and things like that, have we? I mean, no, we didn't touch that. No, not at all. No, there's so that, that number two. Um, I was thinking the other day about the Rocky, the Rocky films. We haven't done them. Rambo. Yeah. But there's so many really good. There's so many really good films out there as well. Yeah. But as you said, it's a nice lot to do a film where we're not necessarily going to agree i mean I, I was i didn't know what you'd think about this film we'd not spoken about it no um and even when i put it on twitter there was a few people came back and said sean penn's worst film and i had a, a chat with them about it so i would have been really surprised if if you would have come back and said no i really do like this film because 
even on Twitter um, at the film reel cast, people just didn't like this film and they said it's crap and naff. Oh so it's uh, at least we're kind of all seeing it from the same hymn sheet. But yeah, so um, I'll let you know of which one. I'm quite up for Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Because uh, I really don't like that film. And <laughs> I've seen it. I've, I saw it when it first came out. I've not seen it. When when did it come out, that film? When? Uh, I don't know how many films it's been like 2003, since. 2004, around then. All right. So it's been, man, it's been over 10 yeah. years since I've seen well, it. Well, I'll tell then. you what, well, if you want to, because you hate it so much and I like it, and we're going to fight each corner, we'll do Pirates and then put, obviously, Gran, Gran Torino, Edge of Tomorrow on, on the Twitter universe and see which yeah. one. Because I'd imagine if we put Pirates of the Caribbean and the other two on at the moment, because the new Pirates film, uh, naturally we're almost saying, well, it's going to be Pirates, isn't it? Because everyone's going to say that. Because, yeah. Well, I'll yeah. put it on um, Twitter anyway, um, and I'll put it on Facebook and just see if there's any comeback on it and just to see if people would rather do another film. But um, if people just ignore us, which they usually do, then uh, we can do pirates if people say different, but I really don't mind. Okay, cool. Well, I, I guess watch this space, follow us on Twitter at the film real cast. And, uh, and uh, th- Leave this... some feedback on Absolutely. iTunes as well. Uh, yes, please. Yes, please. That's always good. And we're also available on Android. If you go on any podcast format on Android and just put the film real cast in, um, you can download our podcast, our weekly ones, and our entire back catalogue. I think we're close now to uh, 100 podcasts, I think. That's including our Flarrow, when Arrow really? was uh, good was in good. the flash. Arrow yeah. was good. Oh, that's such yeah. a shame, isn't it? I know. It's, it's sad times. And uh, I really enjoyed doing Flarrow. And then it became... And then it 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 became like we do this podcast because we we enjoy it. We, you know, we do it for free. We don't want to ask anyone. We do it. It's essentially two friends having a conversation about a film they watched, but recording mm. it, which is what which is what I liked about I like about it so much. But Flaro, it got to it felt like work, didn't it? In the end, it did. Yeah, it was well, a chore to do. And as soon as it becomes a chore, it's really not worth doing. But we need to pick another series. It would be really nice to introduce another podcast. Um, for another series that's well, going you, on Netflix well, in well, a day of the series. Yeah, and then Netflix, you got Netflix. You don't watch Game of Thrones, do you? Because that's obviously starting in July. Um, no, I've, uh, I watched season one and then I lost it during a mid-season break and then I just gave up trying to keep up with it because it got really confusing. I didn't realise who was good and who was bad. So I uh, I kind of tapped out on that one. I would like to do um, review as, not maybe not each episode at a time because they're quite old now. But as we mentioned, we would like, I think both of us, we would like to do the Marvel series on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. You know, you yes. know, like one episode talk about Daredevil season one, the next one talk about Daredevil season two. And then obviously you've got Luke Cage, you've got Felicity Jones, you've got Iron Fist, which I, I gave up on. Um, yeah. Oh. You still, you've not gone back to it, no? No, I've, I got to episode six and I know I, I really didn't like it. I can't stand it. It's, oh, it's a shame. It's a shame. When the Defenders come in, you're going to be lost on what's happened. I don't think I will be. I saw the Defenders trailer. That looked really, really good. Uh, we've got Wonder Woman coming up. Um, apparently, that's got some good reactions, I've heard. Oh, really? Yeah, from like people that previewed it. So, Well, we'll go and see Wonder Woman if we can, if our, uh, if our shifts allow us. And uh, we can go and see Wonder Woman and review that as well. Yeah, Wonder Woman. The Justice League's out next year. That's changed directors now, hasn't it? Zack Snyder, unfortunately, his daughter obviously uh, passed away and uh, yeah yeah and um oh and also we, we 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 have to give a shout out to obviously roger moore who's uh passed away um two days ago as of recording this yeah, yeah it's very sad it was 89 was he yeah 
Yeah, very sad. Great actor. Best Bond for me. The best. Really, Bond. the best Bond. Yeah. See, for me, da- great. for me, it's Daniel Craig. Yeah, I think it might be like it's, it's normally a generational thing, isn't it? Of which James Bond you like. I mean, I kind of miss just the uh, the Sean Connery era. I just missed that, and um, I fell into the Roger Moore one where he was very cheesy and and it was unrealistic the women he slept with and things like that. But he, he was just a real gentleman and a, a brilliant James Bond. I mean, he's done some really good films. The one that kind of rings a bell, which wasn't a Bond film, was Wild Geese. Brilliant in that. Yeah. It's very yeah. good with Richard Burton, yeah. And the, played the series really in The Saint as well, wasn't he? The series. He was indeed, Same yeah. Yeah, he'll be a, a gentleman and he'll be sorely missed. So, Absolutely. But yeah, we'll a film for him. Excellent. Okay, well, that was uh, more interesting entertaining and talking about the gunman to be honest <laughs> yes it was so so watch this space people uh, um one of three films coming up com- coming up next all right stay safe and uh, i'm sure we'll all be speaking to you soon cheers guys thanks for listening